Hi, my name is Dante Ravy. Welcome to First Down Sports News. Like I said, I was going to come back early in the week, five or six, with a guest. That didn't happen. I was going to do it after the NBA Finals. That didn't happen. But I am here a day before game five with a guest. My boy from Yale popping out with from football and Yale. We here. Yo, tell him your name, man. Hey, yo, what's good, everybody? My name's Ajiro. Uh, nice to be here with my boy. Dante invited me on the podcast. Yes, sir. Hey, man, we just here to talk about some basketball for real. With that being said, people, game four of the NBA Finals, it is tied 2-2 series between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Like I said in my first podcast, the Boston Celtics is trying to go for Banner 18 with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And the Golden State Warriors is trying to win their fourth NBA Finals with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and bring Banner 7 to the Gold Kingdom. With that being said, we're going to jump right into what happened in Game 4. Now, Game 4, Steph Curry played lights out, dropped 43 points. Man, what you think about that Steph Curry performance? Uh, oh, man, honestly, <laughs> I got to be honest. As a person who wants the Celtics to win the series, that was a very demoralizing performance from Stephen Curry. That man just decided to do it all on his own, which is hilarious because literally everybody has been saying, look, even if Curry gets his, he can't win it by himself. Pretty sure Dante, you even said that, hey, even if Curry get his, he can't win it by himself. Well, as you can see from what happened in game four, he just decided to prove everybody wrong in that statement because for the entire second half, he was running the offense. And then he also surprisingly got 10 boards as well. Like, that was the most prime Steph Curry I feel like I've ever seen because, like, he was just firing on all cylinders. You feel me? Like, it felt like he was, like, unstoppable. Like, even with the Celtics' very solid defense, one of the top defenses in the league, there was just no way they could stop him on the offensive side of the ball because whenever he got it, he was shooting it. He was getting into contact. He would go down the hole. Like, he was just, he was just firing everywhere. And, like, they just, they just couldn't stop him. And it's just, yeah, it was it was scary seeing current top performance. And it's like coming off of like a, an ankle injury in game three, too. Yeah, he definitely took that personal and decided that he was going to show up. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately for the Celtics, yeah, he, he popped out on game four. So from my point of view, I knew that Steph Curry was going to have to show up big in game four because... If, if Golden State had not a won game four, it would have been hard for Golden State to win three. But with that being said, I knew Steph Curry had 43 in him. Steph Curry is, like I said, one of the greatest three-point shooters in NBA history. Will always be one of the top shooters in NBA history. And, and I just think he just took over the game, just took over the game. Just took over and just played Steph Curry basketball. Didn't care what the fans said. 
Um, and I think that's another thing that gave Steph Curry momentum. The fans in Boston, the Boston fans, when they was talking, Steph Curry just was not listening. And every time he hit a big shot, he was talking to them and letting them know that we here. We ain't playing around. We don't care what y'all say about it. We don't care what y'all think about it. We here to play Golden State, Gold Kingdom basketball. And that's what they did. And I think another man, another player that really helped Steph Curry, even though Steph Curry did drop 43 in game four of the NBA Finals, another guy that really stepped up and helped Steph Curry was Andrew Wiggins. He had 16, he has 12 points, 16 boards. Uh, what you think about Andrew Wiggins? Uh, as you said, I think he was a very good support player for Curry and helped take a bit of the pressure off him as well because he had a decent amount of transition points from what I remember. Like He was just getting out of there as soon as they got the board running down the lane, creating contact. There was a pretty tough – I remember a pretty tough finish from him running down the lane with the Euro and for the lay. It was just like – Golden State just trying to be dominant wherever they could be, and Wiggins was really helping them out in the transition game, as well as defensively. From what I can remember, I feel like he was doing a pretty good job of applying pressure on Tatum, you know, making him shoot shots that he didn't want, that he really should not have been shooting. So yeah, he was a good defensive presence for them, which and then he could then transition into turning that into good offense. He making himself a threat, which would then get that little bit of hesitation from the Celtics to then give Curry the opportunity to start coming off the screens and all of that to then start firing and doing what he does best. So, yeah, as you said, Wiggins, really good support player for Curry and the Golden State Warriors last night. Yes, that is, that is true. Uh, Andrew Wiggins played a big role. He stepped up. He knew he had to help Steph Curry, and um, that's what he did. And um, another player that I told y'all in my first podcast that had to wake up a little bit, and I think his transition offense, um, he really did wake up, and that was Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson really woke up in transition offense in game four. What did you think about St- um Clay Thompson waking up in game four? Uh, I think that was also a really big factor in Golden State taking this W because uh their past, his past couple performances in this series, honestly, haven't really felt like true clay performance. Felt like he's been kind of quiet. Like only eleven in game one, and then thirteen game two. Kind of showed up like his true self a bit more in game three. But yeah, game four, he was. I don't want to say on an entirely different level than before, but he was definitely looking more like his true. Golden State Warrior peak self because he was just making more consistent shots, being more of a threat. Like shots that he we weren't really worrying about him making in this series because he's been kind of cold. He started cashing him in a lot more. And even when he wasn't being as successful as he usually is at the three-point line, he did take it to the rack a couple of times, get some in the paint buckets and that really, you know, put pressure on us, which would then create more of an opportunity for Curry, as well as showing up defensively. Even though Golden State is a more offensive-oriented team, their defense is not, like, it's not to be laughed at. You can't mess, like... They're a tough defensive team as well, and he's one of the leading factors in that. Clay just, you know, not backing down from when we're trying, from when the Celtics are trying to back him down into the paint. He's meeting them with physical contact right there as well, hands up, being aggressive, and then, as you said, getting right out there in transition along with Curry and Wiggins, getting to his spots, you know, so he can be as much of a threat as he can be, which overall helped this team out immensely. 
Yes, I think um, Clay Thompson did wake up in game four just a little bit more. And um, I think his transition offense really helped Steph Curry um, big time. Um, he nailed a couple threes in the fourth quarter in transition that really gave Golden State a boost. And I think that's things that helped him. It's one last player I'm going to hit on from the Golden State Warriors, and that is Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors. Like I said in my first podcast, Draymond Green dropped four points in game three. He went zero or five from three-point land. His performance was no better in game four. They Bench Draymond Green in the fourth quarter of the NBA Finals. There was the first time in his whole career he ever been benched by Steve Kerr. But out of the benching, out of the benching, one good thing was that they did get the W. But how do you feel? about Draymond Green getting benched in the fourth quarter of the NBA Finals. Honestly, I feel like Steve Curry made the right decision, which we all know is true because they ended up coming out with a W. Talking more on Draymond, yeah, I mean, he kind of forced his hand, if we're going to be honest. He just has not been showing up this series for Golden State. Now, this game, he was doing his at least what they needed him to do to an extent in terms of, you know, setting the screens. Granted, I don't like how he sets those screens, but he was setting the screens, creating opportunities for his shooters to get open as well as hustling, get a couple boards as well. And then getting, I mean, I think he scored a few buckets in the paint, one or two, you know, at least showing up for the team. He also got eight assists and four steals, which is, I mean, I hate to say it, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, those make an impact on the game, giving their team more opportunities or only one and done for the Celtics. And then the steals, demoralizing the Celtics, adding on more turnovers, really hitting on their weak points. So, I mean, Draymond, offensively, his performance in terms of actually scoring the ball is very, very bad. But or in other areas, defensively, as well as trying to open up his teammates, he was doing all right for them in that game. Getting benched, though, as, you know, one of the, I want to say, founding members of this new Warriors dynasty, it's got to, you know, take a toll on his uh, mental game a bit because it's like he felt like he was, you know, one of the building, one of the core building blocks of this team. So for him to be, you know, subbed out for somebody else because he's not showing up, it got to, it got to like have an impact on him. Like it's got to, it's got to wake him up. I think this is really good for him because it's going to wake him up. That, like, hey, we get it. You've won several titles with the Warriors. You're a big part in that. Had some pretty good performances. But right now, hey, your past doesn't matter right now. Right now, what are you doing to help your team win? And I think it was really good the way he handled it. At least Kurt took him out. He just handled it with grace and sat down and to let his team have the best chance to win. He didn't let the ego get in the way. And it, honestly, I'm pretty sure he acknowledged that he hasn't been playing well. So hopefully this wakes him up, gets him to start playing more his game. And, you know, we get to see old Draymond scoring the basket as well as playing amazing defense in the future. We'll see. Yes. Yes. We're going to have to see what he going to do in game Five. Now let's shift focus from the Golden State Warriors to the Boston Celtics. Um, Boston Celtics. 
I think the Boston Celtics in the fourth quarter, they played good the first three quarters. In the fourth quarter, I think they really start settling. Settling and moving outside their comfort zone, their game zone. If you actually look at it, the overall Celtics team is way bigger than Golden State. Um, they In the first three quarters, they were driving to the rack, scoring, getting Steph Curry in foul trouble, getting Clay in foul trouble, Draymond in foul trouble. Then in the fourth quarter, they decide in the last three minutes and 20 seconds to start shooting threes. Threes, I I think as a sport, from a sports broadcast point of view, my thought, my thought, like I said in my first podcast, Stephen A., Smith, other reporters, they got their opinion. This is my opinion. I think the Celtics were starting to play Golden State basketball, thinking they can shoot threes, and that's not the way that they are built to play. They fed right into Golden State, and Golden State took advantage of it. How do you think that the Celtics, should have played different in the fourth quarter. Oh, thank you for asking. Man, there was just, you are completely right. They just started playing completely out of their game and into the Warriors, specifically Steph's game. They fell into the competition where Steph, with Steph, where it's like, oh, he's going off. The only way we can answer back and retaliate is with threes when we both know that is just not their game. Uh, honestly, the biggest thing that they should have been doing, like what could have really helped swing the game in their favor, is if they just kept on attacking the basket aggressively. They are the younger, bigger, stronger, faster team, so they should be using every single advantage that they have to help them win the game. So, as you said earlier, that's what they were doing at the first half of the game. They were getting Golden State Warriors key players in foul trouble by attacking the basket, by going up, even if they weren't going to make it. At least they go up strong, fight hard, try to get rebounds as well, hustle, use their advantages, their physical advantages to their advantage. And by putting pressure on the paint, that then would give them more open opportunities to be able to dish out for threes because it puts more stress on the Warriors defense. In the last quarter, they just completely lost sight of where their advantages lied and started to try to play like Golden State. I'm sure that's not what Coach Udoka was having drew up for them, but they just started settling for those corner threes, those deep, like, I don't know, like 40-foot three. Like, I don't know what they were thinking in trying to compete with Curry at his own game. If anything, this would have been their chance to... Granted, they were in a rush because Curry was trying to take off and like Golden State's lead was starting to extend. But instead of trying to settle and like basically leave it up to chance with contested, not very good threes, they should have continued to play their game, play team basketball, dish the ball, and get a good look closer to the basket. At least go up strong, get them layups, get fouls, get rebounds, play physical basketball. That is the Celtics game. Um, yes, that is the Celtics game. Now, it is a player that I want to key in on before um, I end my podcast. And um, and I think, and that is Jason Tatum. I think that um, throughout this series, he has been struggling. He is not playing his game. Now, 
as a kid growing up, his idol was Kobe Bryant. His mentor was Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. Um, but this is what Jaden Tatum got to realize. You're not Kobe Bryant. You're not Kobe Bryant. You are Jason Tatum. You got to play Jason Tatum basketball. It's okay to mix a little Kobe in your game, but you are not Kobe Bryant. The things Kobe Bryant did, you cannot do. You got to play your game, Jason Tatum game. Just like can't nobody play your game. You can't play their game. Mm -hmm. You got to play Jason Tatum basketball. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it'll be a better outcome. Mm -hmm. I understand Kobe Bryant was your idol. He was your mentor. He taught you the game. Like I said, rest in peace. But play your game, Jason Tatum. Not his game. He taught you the game to play your game. To show you a couple things. Not for you to play his game. Play your game. You play your game. You play smarter, better, quicker, faster, smoother. And you dominate more. We seen that, Jason Tatum, in game three. That what we need to see Jason Tatum basketball. Stephen A. Smith, the other commentator, they said the same thing. You need to play Jason Tatum basketball. Now, what is your thoughts on what Jason Tatum need to do come game five? Come game five. I'm going to keep it brief. As you said, Jason Tatum needs to start playing like he usually does. He got to start playing Jason Tatum basketball, not Kobe basketball, not LeBron basketball, not and not Curry basketball, Jason Tatum basketball. That means being more of a facilitator. We've seen him do it before. Even when he can't score, he can still pass the ball really well and get good looks for his teammates. And then when his teammates start producing, he can then start to take over, put more pressure on their defense, and then start doing a bit of his ISO game. You know, he is a very good one-on-one player. But he also has Jalen Brown on his team. So if he works in tandem with Jalen Brown, getting good looks, attacking the paint effectively, and then attacking and kicking out for either one to be able to be at the three-point line ready to shoot, that's going to open up a whole new level of opportunities on the offensive front for the Celtics. All right, They're a very good defensive team. Now we need Jason Tatum to wake up and lead their offense, take charge of their offense alongside with Jalen Brown, and start to really put it to the Warriors at their home court come Game 5. With that being said, people, that going to end this podcast with Game 4 of the NBA Finals. And people, tomorrow, it will be the Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics in Game 5, 9 p.m. tip-off on ABC from Chase Center in San Francisco, California, the home of the Golden State Warriors. You need to tune in. It's going to be a good Game 5. And with that being said, have a blessed night and a blessed rest of your day. Um... 
right. Thank you for having me on the podcast, Dante. I really appreciate it. Love talking about basketball with you, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Yes. With that being said, people, from first down sports news to you, peace.